Welcome to Recap, the podcast where we cover some of the latest news featured on our social media pages. We try to find the news that matters most to our voters, and we encourage legislators to not only listen, but to also act on what they hear. I'm your host, Nick, a he, him, and also the homie. I suppose that's the background name for me. And with me today in the studio... Our Anthony, who just did like the yes fist. Tiger fist pump. Tiger fist pump. Um, the best writer in the world. That's your. That's one of your titles, right? Yes. Oh my the gosh. best writer Feed in the, the world. Ego. Yes. Feed the ego. <laughs> Stroke the ego. Yeah. We also have Francine, the boss lady. He did it anyway. I had to do what? What? Is there another title you'd like me to No, know? that's fine. It's okay. okay. These guys have been poor examples for you. Yeah, it's they, not your fault. Yeah. <laughs> she also goes by Queen or Empress. Oh, my God. <laughs> we also have Brandon Clark. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Special it, guest, yeah. special guest. Um, and we have on Zoom, what, uh, what do we call him in here? Ooh. What's a good title for him? Uh, he's Professor X. Professor X. All right. I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to give him that one. What's another one we got? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, pick a Disney How character. Rude. Pick a Disney <laughs> character. Um, we have the lead singer this? of Panic at the Disco. Brendan Urie. Yeah, Brendan Urie. All right. Brendan Urie. Yeah. There you go. I I didn't know he was joining us. Yeah. yeah. No, it's you. You're Brendan. <laughs> I I am flattered. Honored. <laughs> Honored. My heart flattered. may stop. I can die happy. <laughs> Alexander Crohannon is the actual guy on Zoom. So anyway. He did say he does a great karaoke. He does a great karaoke. He did oh, say that. I was there for that. It was pretty okay. I, I did not say that I did a good karaoke. You I did. just said that I did one. You did. What'd you sing? <laughs> he sang um which one which one you sang? Two That's songs. Uh, was it disco? I gonna say uh what did so, you say? uh I did a rousing bit of uh I would do anything for love. That's by true. Uh, and um, uh, the strut could have been me. I don't remember. I can't remember who sang what because everyone was drunk. Anyway, so <laughs> today <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit about Alex Jones. Everyone's excited for that. But before we get to that, I want to hear a poll. All right. So the poll that we are covering, as I say, polls come out every Friday on social media. We love, we love to interact. We love to hear what, what people think about them. So if you, if you see them. Share them, respond. The poll we're covering this week is our most recent one um, titled Hope Seeks Justice. So this one is a bit dark. So if anyone has any sort of, a, if you're sensitive to things like suicide or domestic violence or abuse, just skip ahead to we're not talking about the poll anymore. So trigger warning. So I'll sort of, I'll sort of pause so people can skip. All right. So the poll is Hope divorced her husband, Jerry, and claimed domestic violence and child abuse was the reason. She fought for complete custody, but because she was not able to prove abuse, Jerry and Hope shared custody of their children with the caveat that his visits with their children would be supervised. Hope went back to court with a recorded phone call from Jerry in which he threatened to commit suicide if she left him. The court, however, did not see this as a reason to keep him from seeing his children. Ultimately, he did kill their children and himself after locking the visitation supervisor out of his house. Now, Hope is telling her story to make others aware of the dangers associated with some domestic violence situations. So our question was, Hope's family wants, to go, wants her to go further and potentially sue, but who is to blame? If Hope decides to seek justice for what has happened to her children, who should be held responsible? Um, 
if anyone wants to go first, like I said, it's a dark one. Just feel free. Can you real quick screenshot that and send it to me so that yeah. I can use it as my basis? Um, who wants to go first? Who's excited? I think <laughs> I think I could, I could comfortably say that CPS or whoever this visitation person that got locked out. I mean, if it's their responsibility, some liability is going to have to sit there. Uh, unf- uh, I, I think that's the most comfortable thing I could say mm. <laughs> at the time. But yeah, some liability's got to sit there. I don't know if it's certainly not a hundred percent. Um, but it's it's some, yeah. Um, you know what? What are you gonna do? Break down the door? Well, you know, it's, uh, hopefully they called the appropriate folks when they realized what had happened. But I think I can take the easy answer and say, yeah, some sits with with okay. visitation. Sure, person. some non-zero portion yes. there, yes. but uh, CPS is dramatically, hilariously underfunded. Um, they have like the recommended course load is like, you know, like three per person and their average course load is like 15. And those might be that, that might be laughably underestimated. Yes. Um, I think part of so, the people. Oh, sorry. Keep going, Alex. My bad. Well, so if we're going to like we're going to start assigning like, you know, some percentage, then it'd be like, OK, well, th- this ought, let's say this particular person shares you know, it's like gets a non-zero amount. Um, the the people who fund CPS certainly get a uh, a significant amount. The court who refused, let's say the the court who refused to do like some like actual serious uh thing, like get some amount. Uh, they get some amount. The fact that we don't have like mental health services, like that we could easily just like point them to and be like, oh, um, you're clearly like depressed, like at the very least depressed and like. Yeah, we're not gonna let you see your children until you complete this thing. Complete this thing, and then we'll talk about it. Like these are these are reasonable things that like a functioning society can do, and we can't do it because we are broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the one of the blames or the main blame I would say goes to the court. Um, I agree with the verdict that. This is a this is a this is tentative because I don't even fully agree with myself in this next sentence. I agree with the court that threatening to commit suicide if someone is breaking up with you is not grounds to not see your kids because it functionally has nothing to do with them. However, the caveat and the part that I also sort of disagree with with my thought there is that there's clearly something wrong with this person. Sure. And I think it's the court's job to I to say, "Hey, that's not a normal thing that happens. Maybe we should get your mental health evaluated. And for a certain amount of time, we want you for a certain amount of time while you're getting help and getting better, your kids, you're not allowed to see your kids or say you go to some sort of like mental health institution, you get visitation from the kids, but you are like not going to be a primary caretaker anymore. Um, because Clearly, you can't primary caretake yourself. Right. Um, a little fun background about me. That sentence, the I'll kill myself if you break up with me, is not something I'm unfamiliar with. It is not a fun thing to be involved in when someone says that to you. Uh, as a side note, I got so null to it, I said, then do it at some point. <laughs> which, yeah, which is really dark. Yeah, yeah. But you start calling them on that. Right. Because they're, they're, they're doing it as a manipulation tactic. Right. As dark as that sentence just was. Um, I think it is fully the part on the court to identify, hey, this is not normal behavior. We need to um, evaluate this person's mental health 
and we need to do something about it. So my blame goes towards the court. I think I share that sentiment and and CPS, right? Because having gone through a divorce, (laughs) they have you each sit in a parenting workshop, you get a certificate, and then that qualifies you to be a good parent. That's basically all that happens. And if you report domestic violence or any violence towards your children, you have to sit in these long interviews and each of your children, however many you have, have to sit in. They have to be assigned an attorney. And they have to sit in these long interviews where, depending upon the age of the children, uh, the stories may vary a little bit based on how they ask the questions. Because particularly younger children want to love their mommies and daddies, right? And they don't want you to take their mommies and daddies away. And if they've been coached in any way, it's even worse, right? So the system that we have doesn't know how to take any of that into consideration, Uh, Depending upon what state you're in, sometimes they favor custody. They used to favor custody. Oh, the mom always got. But nowadays, because we've come to understand that children really do benefit from having both parents, many states err on the side of, hey, you're going to split custody. You guys need to work that out and then come here with the plan. And then I'll determine whether or not the plan is sound enough. Then there's a judgment and and that's how it goes. Um, But the people who actually come up with the plan are. Uh, traditionally the parents and their representatives, not really the courts anymore. They don't really do that unless there's some extenuating case that they feel can be well-proven or well-documented. And that's where a lot of hiccups happen, especially when you're talking about putting kids' safety first. So long story short, I would say that family court or divorce court or whatever you call it, um, and well, in this case, since it was after the divorce that she tried to have this so it's family court, is ill-equipped to deal with the realities that a lot of people are dealing with in their homes. Abuse on many levels is very real. And you'd be surprised how many children and and adults deal with verbal uh, manipulation and violence that they're trying to make sense of. And then they're they're trying to get away from that. But courts don't make it easy, right? So um, for her lawsuit, um, I think it will probably be more of a lawsuit in name because there are just too many failures to point to. But I think that, or I hope that, because as I was looking through the news as you guys were talking, I there's like 15 of these in the last two weeks of dads, this father. I thought it was the same case. These are different fathers, Oklahoma, New York, all these different places. I'm like, what is going on? And even a mom. Uh, suicide, you know, these revenge killing of kids is just the strangest thing to me. And uh, per usual, we're behind. We, we're not, we don't know how to deal with that. So the lawsuit can bring attention to it and hopefully bring about change. So I would support that she would start with the courts. Yeah. Um, I'll give my, like, thank you. Thank you, Nick, for like bringing in your personal perspective. I'll bring in mine here. Um, this is something I know Francine and Alex, you guys will be familiar with. Um, our oldest is autistic. So she engages in some standard autism behavior. She picks her skin and she engages in, in scripting behavior whereas she just says things that are often like not tied or related to, you know, any, anything. I mean, that's just scripting behavior is what it is. So at one point, as I said, this triggered a CPS thing in our house. 
So my perspective is probably slightly skewed because I have been on the receiving end of like CPS heavy, heavy handed like intimidation. That is legitimately one of the scariest and most infuriating things that has ever happened to my family because having a representative of the government show up with the clear threat being like, we can take your kids and knowing you didn't do anything because this was triggered by a teacher who just saw the marks on our daughter's body and did what she thought, I think thought was the right thing. And yet could have had horrific consequences for us. Right. Right. So my, my perspective is the problem with asking these departments to do more is that historically when they are asked to do more, they target certain people very specifically, mm. Mm. <laughs> right? If CPS is made more muscular, they, they will not use that increased muscularity equitably or in an even handed manner. Mm. Certain groups of people will be targeted more than others and people who are yes if you are low income or brown skinned a muscular cps is not a thing you're like you're going oh great so that means we get a bunch more visits in our neighborhood like they're not knocking on doors in carmel that's not yeah that's yeah, not sure. where cps sure. for people who don't know indianapolis carmel is like a very rich suburb like one of the richest suburbs one of the nicest suburbs probably in the country they're not going there to look for evidence of abuse. They're going to like 38th Street. They're going to the east side. That's where they're going. Um, and so that is a, you know, that all goes along with sort of what we've all kind of said, this agency's institutional failure because we need them to do more. And yet if we give them the resources to do more, we know who that burden is going to fall heaviest upon. So, um, Well, they seem to do well when they get the, they seem to be, I shouldn't say do well, they seem to be much more proactive when they get reports from the school, like they did right. in your case. Right. Like they seem like they have all resources ready. Right. But when you're going through situations like this and you need them to do well visit checks, yep. uh, it seems like the, the, the backlog is all of a sudden brought up and yeah. well, we would have gotten to it, but we didn't, you know, so, um, I get your point in a real way. It's very, I mean, very valid. I mean, my assumption with that is I, I assume it's because the schools have done some of the vetting for them mm -hmm. as opposed to, like, if I report it to CPS, they can't necessarily take my word at face value because I could – they just can't. But they kind of just take a teacher's word for good reason. Like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Teachers are definitely unbiased more often right, than not. Right, right. And, and so they, they go uh, – They might be mandatory reporters. Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah, they might, they might treat that a little more. Right. I think exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if, if that's right or wrong to treat something more interesting because no, or with I, more urgency because it's just mandated by law. I mean, there yeah, could be different rules yeah. for that, but but it is sort of what it is. And so this is a complicated question. I mean, the so in terms of like, I, I kind of agree with you, Francine. I don't think the lawsuit would likely end up going anywhere because I don't I don't know exactly who they're going to like the one or two people who they're going to pin the blame on. It's just an example. Do them all. <laughs> yeah, it's just an example of an institution that's like broken in like a million different ways. So, well, if, um, is this judge up for re-election, or is, I mean, this, yeah. is this judge appointed? Maybe yeah. that's something uh, that can be looked at instead of yeah. Because I don't know, I don't know who you sue in this kind of right, right person you did is kind of dead, so you can't right, really right, right. The that. person primarily right. responsible is dead. All right, real quick before anyone before we does anyone else have anything final thoughts on this before we move yeah. on? Yeah. Well, I just want to. Um, so we've discussed on this show and uh, many times before 
been like, so whenever there's a like a police shooting and just been like, well, we thought they had a weapon and it was like, well, that's not good enough. And it's like, I, I actually, you know, um, the, the, we start having a question about like what the standard should be. And it's like, I want you to be correct. And anytime you're wrong, I want someone to be punished. Every time you're wrong, someone gets punished. Make the system as good as you can and know that sometimes you will fail and someone will be punished for it. I think that's that's actually a pretty good point cool because that. this... Yeah, I'm, I don't have any problems. Yeah. Well, so for me, that's a really good point because this thing specifically talks about a punishment for somebody instead of fixing the system itself, which is another take that I think is equally valid. Right. Instead of the person who killed the kids can't be punished. So now we have to look at every single broken thing and try to find somebody to punish instead of, how about we just fix right. this so that it doesn't happen again, which is tremendously hard, but also a solution right americans have this weird fetish for punishment that (laughs) and you look no further than the prison industrial complex but with that so let's uh we're gonna we're gonna punish people anyway so you are going to be punished if you do the wrong thing if something bad happens on your watch you're going to be punished so make the system as good as you can because otherwise you get punished yeah alex hit us with the trends Ah, all right. So uh, on these um, failure of systems, uh, there's of a failures. report. <laughs> uh, this is a report from ACS. Um, this is the American Chemical Society, um, saying that um, uh, per and polyfluoroalkyl uh, substances uh, may be making um, rainwater dangerous for life. That's great. That's awesome. So, Whoa, wait a minute. So even the people who capture rainwater in their am I understanding that? Yeah. So I'm gonna well, I'm gonna run over let's let's run over some things. So oh first gosh. what are so PFAS are contain are per uh, or polyfluoroalkyl substances. Yeah. So these are a group of um, organic compounds uh, that have a bunch and by a bunch I mean almost like fully almost fully saturated like every typically in like um, alkyl compounds you have uh, hydrogens you have a bunch of like a chain of carbons and you have a bunch of hydrogens over all of it so these poly these polyfluoro alkene substances are almost let's say are in some instances completely saturated not with hydrogen but with fluorine Hmm. um so these have been dubbed as the forever chemicals because they don't break down easily over time but they do readily dissolve in water oh oh, well that begs the question um, i'm sorry go ahead (laughs) so these are used in a in a bunch of things so uh they're used uh, in aerospace technology construction electronics uh they're primarily used by the military and in uh, fire and in some firefighting equipment. So they, they're produced for a, for a whole bunch of uh, different purposes. And um, once they're produced, they can get into the water because the water's soluble. So then they sit in the water and then they can't be broken down by anything because nothing catalyzes uh, hydro, like carbon fluorine bonds. So they don't get broken down and they just sit and they. And they uh, traverse through the wider cycle 
and make their essay and then eventually they concentrate and people have speculated since like finding out of this about the about the 70s that it was quite possible that these would eventually um reach a point where they were dangerous for um for life and um they said we uh, have now we are now here um and they tested uh this in remote regions and, and like not just like in urban areas where it's always higher but in remote areas like tibet and antarctica in areas where well that doesn't even make sense so yeah well so um, and these things cause brain, a lot of health problems cancer yeah. being one of them yeah so um Here's yeah. something fun. So, I wrote an article about PFAs. Yeah, I was a just year looking ago. at it. This is fun. <laughs> yeah. I wrote this because of their usage in and makeup, uh, makeup right. and cookware products, and in particularly lye hair straighteners, primarily used by black women. They have been prominently used in those products for quite a while. Yeah. And there were studies linking them possibly to breast cancer and now liver cancer. Yeah. And, uh, yes, they are used to oh. make things like cookware more durable, and they're used to make makeup products. Last longer lipstick uh, that yep, real yep. red red yep. lipstick PFAs so <laughs> so they say PFA so health effects include higher cholesterol levels developmental effects or delays in children yep. changes to your immune system thyroid problems higher chance of kidney prostate or testicular cancer increased cholesterol levels and high blood higher blood pressure during pregnancy and don't leave out and asthma and they are <laughs> all over the world yeah. in the rainwater yep. at now approaching dangerous levels. Yeah. So we can't boil it off. Doesn't seem like nope. we can filter it out. No. No, because we have it in our Teflon, in our yeah. cookware. We have it in our homes. You it can't can... add something to it to break up these bonds. <laughs> well, it will break down eventually. Like Too long years dead though. <laughs> yeah. Well, not unlike yes. roaches. This is this, you can't kill this. <laughs> so what we do? Yeah. What we do here? No. <laughs> Uh, well, they told us what to do like question. in the late 60s and 70s, but we didn't listen because we didn't like the messengers, mm. <laughs> quite frankly. Yeah. Um, but this this was not this is this has been talked about. I remember as a kid in the 80s, how people were talking about how this was going to affect our rainwater and quality of our rainwater. if We didn't do anything about it. It was mostly going to hurt. Their concern was that it was going to hurt third world countries more. Uh, our our pollution is going to hurt third world countries more than anybody else. So those countries that were already dealing with famine, which was a big deal at that time, it's still a big deal. But um, I mean, I just dropped something in our chat. We can post this when we post a podcast. A link of a link of some mascaras that don't have PFAs. I mean, that that's honestly what people are going to have to do. Like, it seems really crazy, mm-hmm. but like, like most mascaras have PFAs in them. Yes. It's in everything that we commonly, anything that wants yeah. you have to staying power, color, yep. you want the color to stay. You want water yep. to not rub out waterproof, um, yep. those sorts of things. Um, is, is that why collecting your own your own rainwater is illegal in some states because it's kind of dangerous or is that some other nefarious? No, I'll say, I mean, they, they ban collecting rainwater because um, the, the water company tells them that they gotcha. that they will stop funding them. Um, <laughs> Although now you probably All shouldn't collect your own rainwater. 
Probably not. It's in the rain now. Well, no, you no, know, if you're if, if you're using it just <laughs> right. because some people used well, where I grew up, just because it was more rural, there were people that had the outdoor showers and they were they would use water for everything. They were really off the grid, and I admire that more as a kid. You don't pay any attention to it, but I admire their their uh, having the strength of their convictions when it came to that sort of thing and trying to leave less of a carbon footprint. I didn't know what any of that meant though as a kid you know, taking care of our planet and, you know, and recycling and all of these things that are like hitting us hard. Climate, you know, I just talked to somebody, um, one of the contractors working on my home, hopefully you're listening, um, was saying, you know, this climate change stuff just doesn't resonate with me. They're just trying to trick us into buying electric cars and you know, they explode. So that person made a leap that I just couldn't follow. You know, you can't change the hearts and minds of everybody, but for those people who are open to this knowledge, it is it is real and it is it is dangerous, um, and it does affect uh, your bodies. And some people claim, and Alex, I don't know if your research has led you down that path, but um, I forgot. I think we, Anthony, you and I talked about it a while ago. I don't know if it redoes something to your genetics or something long term that may affect your. Ch- yes, it does because we talked about children being being born. Yep with learning disabilities and other uh, disorders. So, yes, it does. There's a, um, there's a direct link between children in the 90s with ADHD and their parents having lead poisoning from, from the different things that had lead, like gas, for instance. Yes, I forgot about yeah. leaded gas. It used to be called, it used yeah. to be called yeah. regular. Ah. Like there was regular and then there was unleaded. Mm-hmm. And unleaded was treated like premium. Gas is today. And regular was what you wanted because gas was so expensive. It's kind of reminiscent. Yeah. <laughs> well. All right. Wait, uh, hold, hold up. Speaking of failures, we're going to we're gonna keep it pushing here. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, so I don't yeah. run out of time on this. Um, so I was watching. We're going to talk about. That's exactly the time I wanted. We're, ta- we're going to talk about Alex Jones now. Speaking of yes. failures, this one, <laughs> a legal yes. one. So just. I'm going to be quoting this YouTuber called Legal Eagle and his video, Alex Jones, obliterated on cross brackets examination and bracket because his lawyer sent his cell phone to the opposing counsel. (laughs) I'm going to explain this. um, And mostly the following this is going to be about just going to be paraphrasing or quotes from that video. But just so it's just so it's clear. And then we can have a little discussion about it. I have my three notes front and back. Let's let's go. Let's do it. (laughs) Um, So. One of the funniest things that he said right at the beginning of the video, I will say, is that this was this case is so absurd that Law and Order won't take it as a as an idea. Law and Order yeah. said no one will believe this. We're not doing it. <laughs> so, um, it's worth noting this happened after Jones had already lost the Sandy Hook lawsuit. This is this 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 transferring of the phone thing all happened after that. This particular case um, was about how much he was going to pay in damages. This had nothing to do with yeah. proving he was, you know, defamed. Defamed, or, yeah. Li- yeah, whatever. Yeah. So the actual reason he lost the Sandy Hook trial was due to gross misconduct. Yep. The, the, the Sandy Hook um, plaintiffs won by default because of how badly Jones and his lawyer handled trying to, trying to make their case. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know, Alex Jones uh, is, and this is me quoting Wikipedia, an American conservative, alt-right, and far-right radio show host and prominent conspiracy theorist, end quote, 
And he also has a website called InfoWars where he had said Sandy Hook school shooting was a hoax. He also does not look like the ribs that knocked over Fred Flintstone's car with a voice. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does not look like He that. does not look He like looks that. more like tomato. He yeah, looks, but, yeah. he, he looks, man. He's, he's got, it's just, oh. he's like, he's like big in the, big in the small places. He does have eyes. Places. It's very confusing. Yeah. He's, he's, a, I really hate to, you know, I don't hate to, you know, you know every, knock on this dude. you know, he's every 50 year old white man who like drinks a bottle of Jack every day. That's what he looks like. It's a whole bottle. A whole yeah, bottle, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Most of him is like the gut between his legs. That's like he's mostly barrel chest. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to comment on his physique. I'm not going to. I'm not going to say anything about the way he, you know, physically is. I'm just going to say if you need a mental picture, <laughs> he looks like the graying fifty to sixty year old white man who drinks a bottle of Jack every day. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that means to you, that's what he looks like. So, in the cross examination, or from this point, it's going to be referred to as cross. Um, he, the plaintiff's attorney, asked Jones if it's true he was to turn over all the text messages with the term Sandy Hook in it, to, and Jones says yes. He's supposed to do that. Also, I spelled says wrong. It's got an E in it for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> then the plaintiff's attorney then asked if Jones searched for them, to which he says he did. And then the plaintiff's attorney then shows Jones a printed text convo that mentions the phrase Sandy Hook. <laughs> this is all a setup. This yeah. is a big setup. Yeah. It's so great. And so they move that into evidence with no objection. This is failure number two, actually. Um, These Jones are the lawyers attorney. to not have. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. honestly. Yeah. So the, it moves into evidence with no objection, which is a problem because now it counts. Like right. before you could probably say, ah, this doesn't count, blah, blah, blah. No, that's over now. So the plaintiff's attorney displays the, the conversation and it's about an article where they report, I say with air quotes, that the dummies are being used as COVID patients to, like, inflate how bad COVID is. Like, nurses were lying about it. Oh. And someone, I forget the name of whoever messaged him about this, one of his employees matches, messages him and says, let's not post this. It's Sandy Hook all over again. <laughs> and then Jones responds to it. He says, I get it. Now, this on its own, not a big deal, except for the fact this was not presented to the plaintiff when it should have been. Right. Mm. This is one of the things he was hiding. Right. Okay. And the whole reason this is even brought up is because it shows that Jones is lying through his teeth. He did not send in anything about Sandy Hook. He didn't even bother to search for it because something as minuscule and as unimportant as this would have been brought up. <sighs> <laughs> Jesus. You need a moment? Uh, no, I, I got it. I just, okay. So then the plaintiff's attorney then reveals what we've all heard, and it's that Jones's lawyer accidentally sent every text Jones had received or sent over the past two years. I'm, I have questions yeah, about I, how you accidentally. Uh, this sounds like an accident. We're, we're going to we're gonna get to that. Okay, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. I'm slow my roll here. Let me slow down. <laughs> and <laughs> basically, it shows Jones kept trying to hide information from the court. That was, I can't read my own handwriting, <laughs> that was necessary to the case and also required by law for him to produce, which he did not, as, you know, they accidentally sent that whole file. Mm -hmm. So, and it's worth reiterating, this info was received to the plaintiff's attorney after Jones had already lost the Sandy Hook trial. That's when he should have sent all of this information over. So, okay. 
I, well, I'm almost just, there. Okay. Almost yeah. there. All right. I got a lot of, let me put my questions down. Yeah. He was showing, he was, sh- and it shows he was still hiding evidence even to after he already lost. Okay. Um, so at a later date, Jones's attorney tries to file on a mis like it's a mistrial. He's like, he said, well, it was said between the two, between the two attorneys that the link was sent by Jones's attorney's assistant. And that was the wrong link. And because <laughs> it was the wrong link. And the, Plaintiff's attorney goes, when they went to go open it, it was 300 gigabytes of data and it almost broke their servers. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a huge file. So he goes, hey, I think you might have sent me the wrong file. Back to the the original attorney. When he does that, Jones's attorney has 10 days to fix the problem. This was originally strike. Right. Who knows? (laughs) So, um... When he cites for a mistrial, Jones' attorney cites for a mistrial under Texas Rule of Evidence 193.3. The problem is, is that he didn't finish reading 193.3 because, and this is a paraphrase of 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 the law, if you send something you aren't supposed to to the opposing counsel, you can retract it if you specifically claim the items that were sent accidentally within 10 days. So he has to go through all 300 gigabytes specify which ones were accidents and that cannot be used in court. He didn't do that at all. Mm-hmm. He said, please disregard, which is not legally binding. <laughs> <My bad>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not a legally binding thing. It does not work under Texas uh, <laughs> rule of evidence. That's wild. So Jones, Jones's lawyer did not do this. Like he didn't do anything with those 10 days. And even if let's say he did never actually followed up with the proper link. Regardless. <laughs> so, <laughs> So, okay. The ineptitude. The ineptitude. So the judge, this is the very end. We're almost done here with my my explanation. So the judge does not move for a mistrial, but instead says, and this is, this is a paraphrase. You know what? Okay. Let's go through it and you can correct your mistake now. And then the, the, the the Jones attorney goes, ma'am, it's 300 gigabytes. And she goes, yes, well, this should have been turned in a year ago. (laughs) So. Obviously, he they can't actually do it in court. Right. And this yeah. is this is more of a get get shit on moment. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the video ends because this is me re- like quoting uh, the legal eagle YouTube video that um, another group is requesting this stuff that was sent to the to the opposing attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the January sixth yep. committee. Oh, the yep. plot thickens. <laughs> it's been a big week. This man this man is in trouble. Um so thoughts. <laughs> I mean Clarifications. Does anyone need God. clarification? Because it I had to go through it a few times to understand it fully. It's the stupidest, funniest thing. So it was sent <laughs> after the judgment, but I wonder if it really would have had any impact on the judgment. Well, so yes and no, because what's happening is that there's this part of um, of the court called discovery. And in discovery, as it was explained to me, you send in all of the things that's important to the court. Yep. You can disregard the one the one that the opposing attorney quotes mm-hmm. doesn't actually matter. If, he, if they had sent that initially, this would just be another random thing that doesn't really matter. Gotcha. But because he, they didn't, they lied. They lied under oath. and they, He might be perjuring himself. Yep. Um, this now shows that he was still hiding evidence even after losing. So in the original court, like in the original trial, probably wouldn't have mattered at all. Mm-hmm. But now really does. Wow. 
And the whole fact that the the lie was exposed, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. People don't take That's being lied to. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Especially uh, the judge does not like you <laughs> no. saying, Correct. "I gave you everything." Correct. And then figuring out at the end of all this, because this judge is probably so over this trial. Yeah. If you watch footage of Alex yeah. Jones on the stand, he is just like t- so tiring yeah. to listen to, so tiring because <laughs> he just won't, he won't agree to anything. Right. He mm-hmm. won't plead the fifth, but he just. Oh my god! It's the just like a five-year-old. Says that he's like, remember, you can plead the fifth. Yeah. However, he sounds. Yeah. His just, Perry Mason. Yeah. <laughs> Perry Mason. I, I say, I, mean, I, I think yes. Thank you. So the two best parts of the of the, of that uh, that that uh, you, you missed you missed uh, Nick. Uh, so when he does, when the lawyer reveals the trap, and he's like, so this, so, so you got my phone? Yes. Well, there's your Perry Mason moment. <laughs> Right. On the stand, Alex Jones says, there's your Perry Mason moment. Like he's the villain of a, of a, Oh my God! Oh, Perry Mason episode. Amazing. Yeah. Just like stand in moment. And then later, sorry, go ahead. Go go ahead, man. Finish. Yeah. You said there were two things, Alex. What was the second thing? And then, and then later, uh, while he's, um, while he's again, uh, you say on, on cross, he starts saying, "He's like, well, I say, well, we we gave, I say, we gave them everything they asked for, and the judge just stops. He's like, you can't say that. Right? You have already, you are under oath. You right. have already lied. You that cannot part. say that, was so that you gave everything to, you gave everything to them because you didn't. You cannot say that there were only thirty-eight videos because." We don't know how many videos you, there are because you didn't turn them over, and you right. cannot say you are bankrupt. We know that you are not. Right. Stop right. lying. Yeah, that was that was one of the other things that was like really funny about it is that he kept trying to backpedal right. through being caught in a trap. He was like, "Well, we sent them. I this is how you have them." Then they're like, "No, because while we got sent them eventually, you did not send them during the trial right. when it mattered." Right. You know what amazes me is how hard he worked to hold on to the lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, watching this man turn 50 shades of red, you know, <laughs> it's just, it was like cringy. Like, dude, just admit it. Just let it, put it down. Plead the fifth. Walk away. Hide, do something other than what you're doing right now. Yeah. You know, I just, it to a point, it was like you couldn't even feel badly for him anymore. It was just like, please shut up. Well, That's- everybody had been lying so much. Like, lawyers can't actually help their clients commit perjury. Like, that's not a... Yeah, that's now, a, that I'm like, glad you brought like up. they can't actually do that. Like, I know people are, like, you see TV shows and you think, like, ah, oh, lawyers can just be shysters if they want to be. It's like, actually... So that's why I brought up the comment. If you knew your client had pretty clearly was perjuring themselves, you can't actually... Or asking you to specifically right, withhold right, like, evidence. So, like, you right, can't do right. the legal stuff you just because your client all asks this. you. Yeah. you. You had all this from the beginning. So, and yeah. you were holding it back from discovery. And maybe you... Maybe their lawyer's like, we should probably just sit down and shut the fuck up before we get into some trouble right now. <laughs> well, that's that's kind of what he did. You watch the video, he's he doesn't like, object. He doesn't gonna... do anything. He just yeah, he just sits there and gonna, leans back and he's like, you know what? I'm just gonna, gonna, gonna just gonna let it happen. That's why I wonder if, it, if he did it accidentally on purpose. <laughs> yeah, right. I can see that. I think they did it accidentally and then thought there is no way we can like right. actually claw this back. I mean, right. I don't think they have. They're not a big enough legal team to actually go through 300 gigs of stuff. Uh, that would take. Forever, Every, you'd have to work twenty four hours a day for ten days, and right. they were just like, Psh. right, right. Well, I think that's was his original plan. He's like, you know what? 
that got sent. We're just going to move for a mistrial later. Except which isn't a bad plan. Right. Except for the defending attorney goes, this would be a gross waste of the court's time. (laughs) And also they had 10 days to fix this. Yeah. And they didn't. This is not a mistrial. This is them being bad at their job. And the whole time Alex Jones is on the stand, he goes and does a show later in the day too. And so he's doing this and he's he's talking about the judge on the show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and now look at him. He now the January 6th committee. Yeah. Love him. Just love the guy. I think his wife had requested some of these because he's in a custody battle with his wife. Oh, yeah. yeah. She so, was like, oh, so wait. that's what that's about. <laughs> wait, yeah, someone mentioned about a, a photo of his wife before the recording. What was uh, that so, about? Oh, yeah. okay, I'll say this because I know we're getting close to time. What had happened was <laughs> um, he apparently at some point, it, it was found out that he sent at least one, if not more, nude pictures of his wife to his dear friend Roger Stone. What? Just a bunch of attractive what? people. Yeah, <laughs> attractive, normal-looking, non-Dick Tracy villain-looking people. Yeah. What? And, you know, yeah, to that Roger Stone, the creepy. Oh. It, yeah, so the wife, in an interview, and I'm summarizing, <laughs> seemed as though she was trying to keep her cool and basically said, well, this is the least of my worries right now. I'm, uh, and she said something to the effect that basically the one people say I'm surprised, but not surprised. Mm-hmm. And um, I was that's like, they don't so sound sad. like they're on the same team. You know, there's more to this story. <laughs> I'm not I mean, surprised he would do this, but I am disappointed. <laughs> I, I've said this before. We deserve a better brand of crook here in America, <laughs> damn it. If we are going to lose our country, at least let it not be to these idiots. Like, geez, really? This is who we're losing Just to? when you thought Gotham these wasn't people? real. You know? Like <laughs> Alex Jones and creepy-ass Roger Stone. I just, again, imagine a husband sending. <laughs> That's disgusting. Or a husband or like a committed boyfriend sending a picture of your person nude and vulnerable to someone else like what's the end game there what's that about These, i don't and i don't get that mentality uh, i i well don't either. i think that's i don't even know the yeah. understatement of, <laughs> of alex jones these dudes are the creepiest strangest something's, people something's <laughs> different about these folks yeah and his whole custody battle, battle too he said some really interesting stuff too yeah. like he couldn't remember yeah. the name of his kids because he had too big of a bowl of chili that day <laughs> like literally, it's got to be the lead poisoning. It's got to be, yeah. It was just um, wow. Yeah. He's such a gem, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's oh just a real gosh. tomato in the rough, real <laughs> catch, a real good tomato in the rough. Jesus. All right, let's hit the final thoughts. Anybody? No. All right, no. Alex. I think Alex is done. I think this is the end for him. I really, I really <laughs> can't see how you muscle through because it takes a lot of e- like a lot of effort. I mean, he's screaming right. twenty hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. Like it takes a lot of effort to do this. So I think. January 6th committee has its texts. <laughs> Everybody has his phone. I don't know how he's going to continue to muscle through this. Yeah. But he might be he might have to get that tactical bath or whatever protein powder he's <laughs> he's selling. His, his vitamins? Yeah, he, maybe that's what's vitamins. keeping him going, but I kind of think this is the end he for him. He's just a vitamin guy. Yeah, no, it's they are vitamins. <laughs> he has those survival whatever vitamins. Yeah, yeah, he has his own. That's how he makes his money. So yeah. Hawking hawking stuff to his his loyal audience. Mm. There you have it. All right. <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you in part by Eliag Productions, a studio for podcasters and musicians, and of course, Pointcast News. To listen to any of our other podcasts, please go to our website at pointcast.news, or you can find us on Apple Podcasts. 
Also be sure to like and follow us on our Facebook page for more podcasts, articles, and polls like we covered today. Thank you guys for joining me today, and thank you all for home li- for listening. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for joining me today, and thank you all at home for listening. See you next time.